Welcome to the Ambitious Leader Podcast. This is a podcast where we discuss things that will make you more effective at work by focusing on your personal development. The host of this show is Dennis Fredericks, and we're ready to go. Hello, everybody, and welcome back for a new episode of the Ambitious Leader Podcast. Today is a special episode because you will not only hear my voice, but you will also hear the voice of a guest. I invited someone to talk about a specific topic and today we're going to talk about the non-verbal side of communication. So about your body language, about your posture, about your attitude and how all that is perceived by others. And the guest that I invited for this is Sophie-Anne Brake. Sophie-Anne is really an expert in this field because she's a teacher trainer in Tai Chi and Qigong. She's also a trainer in the Center for Body Language and she's also very active with workshops on how to use your voice in a better way. I'm going to share with you a pre-recorded interview that I had with uh, Sophie-Anne and I have to say that it was a very interesting conversation I had with her. It gave me a lot of new insights and a new perspective on body language, which is uh, much more than just tools and tips and tricks on how you can influence others. Um, but I will let you discover that all by yourself by sharing this interview. And go ahead, listen to it. And I start the interview with a introduction on how Sophie-Anne and I met several years ago and that story is already a proof that the things she does with her body language that they really work and have an impact. So enjoy it. To give a bit of an, an introduction or a background to prove that Sophie-Anne is really an expert in the things that she does, um, I immediately have to think back at the moment that we, that we met uh, it was in a, in a presentation. Uh, I was giving a presentation to a group of entrepreneurs and Sophie Anne was just in, in the audience. It was not that we really had a deep conversation with each other or uh, a deep impact with each other. But for some reason, her attitude and her presence was very clear to me. And now, several years later, when I was thinking about presenting this uh, topic, and I was searching for somebody who could talk about the nonverbal communication, I immediately had to think about Sophie-Anne. So for me, that's the proof that it works, <laughs> that your presence and your, and your attitude was so good that even years later, I still remembered you. <laughs> so welcome, Sophie-Anne. Thanks. That's nice. I remember when you gave that presentation. It was, uh, it was very interesting. I liked it. It stuck with me as well. So that's, yeah. Yeah, okay, that's a nice compliment. Thank you. <laughs> well, it, it's a proof. It works what you do, so that's, that's yeah. a good thing. <laughs> yeah, um, I often get the comment of people that I come across as very, um, what's the word, secure and uh, confident, which is nice, of course. Yeah. And I think it probably it has to do with the fact that I'm really working on uh, presence on body posture on body language I, I think it does make a difference yeah. absolutely yeah. Yeah. well you, you already started so uh, perhaps you can give us a bit of a, a bigger introduction about yourself yes um, I'm originally from Ghent in Belgium but haven't lived there for a long time 
I studied law there and then also studied European law in Brussels. Um, but then when I started working, I realized that sitting in an office uh, day in, day out wasn't really for me. I, sitting still all the time, yeah, it just wasn't for me. So I started yeah, looking at other things that uh, would interest me. I uh, already started doing Tai Chi at uh, the university in Brussels. There was a young Chinese teacher there um, and I liked it. Uh, then I found another teacher who was a completely different class, really high level, uh, Dr. Shen. He became my teacher. I studied with him for, I don't know, 25 years or something. Um, so he was my main teacher. I learned a lot from him about body posture, specifically for health and body awareness also, that you learn to uh, become aware of all the physical sensations you have in your body. Um, and I, I really like that. But then at some point, I also realized that was about 15 years ago. I realized, okay, um, I know what's happening inside my body, um, but that doesn't necessarily help me to, uh, to really communicate with other people. So I started looking at other things. Yeah, and before that already also I studied Chinese medicine to get also um, a more complete view of the human body, uh, but then not just have a, a little bit of a, a background, well, yeah, basic background in Western medicine, but also from the Chinese medicine point of view, um, I thought that was a very interesting perspective on how they looked at a human being in its completeness. Um, but that was all. Those, those studies just as a, a side thing, out of personal interest. No. Well, yeah, no, I I moved to London actually at that point, and I I started to study Chinese medicine in order to become an acupuncturist and herbalist. Yeah. yeah so I'm also I also do acupuncture uh -huh. uh, still at the moment. Um, so it was the the health aspect that really interested me, but then. I find that communication was still with other people was still not the way I would really like it. And I started looking into other things like nonviolent communication. That is more also about how you talk and also into um, what you do with your body in communication with other people. So I started looking into body language and that's when I, uh, I did this training at the Center for Body Language in Antwerp. And of course, I did other trainings. I also did one in um, in Rotterdam with INSA. They specialize uh, in uh, facial expressions. Mm -hmm. So I'm still learning. Oh, there's always new things to learn. Yeah. But it's all about communication with yourself and with other people. Yeah. And, and how did you come to it? Because your, your background is, is totally different from what you're doing right now. Yeah. I, it, one of the things was because I, I really, I noticed sitting still all day in an office, it, it just, I became very unhappy having to sit still. So I wanted to do something more physical. Um, but at the same time, I also like to be intellectually challenged. I, I, so I was looking for something where you have both aspects where you, you can use your body, but at the same time, you also have to study and learn how the body functions 
and and you have to be able to um, to have the theory behind the, the the practical the applications the things you do in life you have to have the theory behind it as well so that's and also this thing about communication that also triggered me like okay so what do we do yeah, and, and what do we what do we do unconsciously because we think a lot about how we say th no we think how to say we look at what we think and what we feel but we are not really aware of um what we're really saying with our body what's happening uh, on a subconscious level mm -hmm. and, and that really triggered me i wanted to know more and more about that yeah, yeah. yeah. a few weeks back i did a small small talk about uh, owning your own story so that's mm -hmm. that all the, the pieces you you yeah the steps you make that are all pieces of a puzzle and and finally that puzzle will fall into one big hole um do you recognize that for yourself that even with a completely different background and with sitting in that office and then discovering from hey this is nothing for me and and so on that it are all just yeah pieces of a puzzle that that slowly form a whole yeah yeah it, for me it's very much about body awareness um i notice a lot that when we when people want to uh, change things in their life they will look at their mental patterns and their emotions but um uh, that's that's one thing that uh, that comes that happens very often in my trainings is that they are not aware really of what's physically happening in their body what sensations do you get when you think a certain way when you feel a certain way and this is like for me this is the foundation this is something i miss in uh, a lot of things nowadays is this this just pure physical um presence also inside your body that you go and feel what's going on inside your body and that for me that's my thread in everything i do mm -hmm. yeah yeah absolutely just just being present being physically yeah. in the moment right now where you are yeah yeah okay yeah okay. like um one of the um sometimes when i go and give a training in a company uh one of the things that i first ask the participants to do is to sit still for a couple of minutes mm -hmm. and then after that i ask them okay so what do you notice happening and I did this once in a group, uh, and one of the participants, he says, I feel frustrated. Mm -hmm. And I say, okay, so where do you feel that? And he was looking at me like, he couldn't answer, because he had, he didn't know, he had never thought about it. Okay, where, where do you feel frustration? Where in your body does it happen? And this is what I, what I see uh, come back time and time again. And we ask people, how do you feel? And they say, I feel happy. Okay, where do you feel happiness? I feel this, I feel that, I think this, I think that. Okay, so what does it do when you think a certain thought? Yeah. Where do you feel it in your body? Yeah, indeed. indeed. I think that's a very strong one. Yeah. And there, there is the, the aspect of being able to, to really feel it in your body. And then there is the other point of trusting that feeling. Because if you ask that question, yeah. then you're provoking it, of course. 
but in normal situations, yeah, you also constantly feel things everywhere in your body. And, and then you have to be aware of those things and to trust them, to use them. Yeah, exactly. It's, to, it's like you, you can sort of observe at, at this information and they tell you something something about yourself and you can use that yes to to for instance uh, if you know okay i'm feeling like for instance uh, something uh, contracting in my chest and i've had this before and i know this happens for instance when i feel anxious yeah so you know that you know as soon as you start feeling this contracting feeling in your chest you can know oh maybe i'm sort of starting to feel anxious and and then you can start asking yourself, okay, what's making me anxious? What's happening? Uh, what's going on? Yeah, this is really valuable information that we very often neglect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's also a bit of a, a different approach of the the term body language, uh, because in many cases, if we think about body language, it's more like, uh, yeah, how is your post posture? Uh, how are you shaking hands? Uh, which are you saying with your eyes? Um, but the things you're saying now is, is more an, an internal reflection, being yeah. very aware of yourself. Also, that's what I try to do when I go and teach about body language. I also talk about those things. How do you shake hands? What can you do to, uh, to improve your posture? All these things uh, also. But um, your body language reflects something that happens inside you and it's important to be aware of the two uh, if you show something on the outside that is not what they call congruent with what's happening on the inside people will unconsciously they will pick it up they will notice they they will feel something is is not right they might not even be aware of it but they will notice yeah? so the more you know um, what you do on the outside and the more you know what happens with you on the inside at that moment the more you know yourself and the more you know what influence you have on other people yeah well that's already an answer to one of the questions that i had in mind for you uh, because i think that sometimes it's a thin line between being authentic and using all those tips and tricks around body language like for example if you shake your hand and you do it like this then you um, you express a feeling of, of yeah, being more dominant or something um, but are you then still authentic well then of course you have to ask yourself the question what does it mean being authentic because um really our body language basically is an expression of our instinctive brain it uh, you get uh, we get in information this this instinctive brain looks at the information and reacts on it and it's actually a, a signal from you to the outside world that you want you want something yeah a very simple uh, uh, example let's say a mouse there's a mouse and there's a cat and the uh, the cat comes closer at some point the mouse decides to play for dead well decides i mean this happens instinctively of course huh? yeah. but so basically the mouse is not moving anymore this is also body language yeah so it's saying to the mouse uh, i'm dead i'm not interesting for you please go away yeah and this is what we all do with our body language we give a signal to the outside world because 
we want the world to react in a certain way to us. And then it's all about the instinctive brain. Your instinctive brain is always looking for, can I be safe or not? That's what we're doing all the time. Our instinctive brain is always alert, always looking. And sometimes you will feel very safe and you will show uh, uh, you, your behavior will be very relaxed. Sometimes you will feel very unsafe and you will have behavior that shows that you you feel very unsafe in your tense, etc. But you also, of course, have this whole uh, yeah, range of, of, of feelings of safety to extremely not safe in between. So you can be any, anywhere in between. And your instinctive brain um, will always first notice if, if you're not safe. This is our default setting. We will look at whether we're safe or not. And if we're not safe, we're going to try, we want to run away or we want to fight or whatever. And this is actually, if you look at it, this is authentic behavior. Yeah. If, for instance, if I'm standing in front of a group of 100 people and they're all looking at me like, yeah, right, then my instinctive behavior would be to run away, to turn around and run away. So in order to, um, to be able to connect with other people, you need to be able to be aware of this is what your instinct, instinctive brain is saying. This is what you really would like to do is run away or start fighting or freeze. But you realize, okay, it's just my instinctive brain, um, but I really want to connect with those people. And then you can start looking at those things that you can do to help yourself, to relax, and to make a connection with the other person or people. Mm -hmm. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And does it also work in the, the other way around? Um, and like, for example, the, the words that you use, uh, they come, of course, from the thoughts that you have. But if you consciously use other words, then you will also get other thoughts. Is it yeah, it's the same with, yeah, with yeah, the body language? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It works both ways. Huh? What you say, what you feel, what you think influences what you do with your body and the other way around. It's always, uh, yeah, there's always this interaction going on. Huh? Yeah. 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 Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's why it's also important that uh, people become more aware of what they do with their body because um, you can change what you think, but you can also change what you're doing. And that will also have an influence on what you think. Yeah. 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 Okay. okay, great. And how, how can you be more aware of it? It's yeah, it's practice. First of all, you need to yeah, you need to have an idea of what kind of behaviors can mean this or that. No one particular uh, movement or behavior always means the same thing. Huh? It's important to to know that, for instance, if somebody raises their eyebrows, it can mean many different things. Yeah, so you need to to have an idea or about what it can mean, and you need to. So you need to have, yeah, sort of, a, uh, like, yeah, study different kinds of uh, body language. There's plenty of books you can you can read about that. Um, also on the internet, there's lots of information. You can follow a course. 
Um, and then also it's it's practice. It's practice in the sense that you you need to observe yourself. You need to uh, become more aware of what you do. And um, sometimes it's useful to also uh, like ask your partner and your children and your friends and your good colleagues to 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 let you know. Oh, okay, now you're doing this. Oh, now you're doing that. Or so when you're stressed, your your behavior is like this. When you're relaxed, your behavior is like that. That, that you become aware of what you do and also just observe other people really look at people and look don't immediately in, into interpret but look observe learn to see things the more you look the more you will see yeah. it's like with anything else yeah, yeah. any any uh, skill takes time to develop mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you, you already mentioned this um people they make a very fast interpretation of a certain behavior or a certain scenario um, and that was also the the main reason why I wanted to have this this talk with you because there is that that saying that says from uh, people they yeah, it's all about the first impression and people judge you from 10 feet away from 10 inches away and with your first 10 words mm. um, so that that first 10 feet is more about your appearance and the way you look and your posture, uh, the 10 inches away is then more about your, your body language, your facial expressions, uh, and then the words are, of course, what are you saying and how are you saying it? Um, yeah. Now, is it really like that? It's also, again, it's this instinctive brain. Huh? Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it's normal. We do this all the time because our instinctive brain will always assess can I be safe or not? So when you see somebody approach, it's even further than 10 meters, 10 feet. I mean, 10 meters or whenever the, the first uh, you see of, of human being is um, his posture, his demeanor. How is he walking? Does he take a lot of space? Does he take uh, uh, not a lot of space? Does he make himself small? Uh, you can look at many different things uh, um, about the way they hold their body. And that already gives us a certain information. And then, yes, as they come closer, you can see the face. That also gives certain information. And it's on, on the basis of all this information that your instinctive brain will decide, um, I can be safe in that sense that basically safe means, um, will this person take something from my means? It's really instinctive. Huh? Or will this person give me something? or will he or she take something away from me um it's this is this is what we're looking for all the time and uh that's normal we all do it all the time and i think it's important to be aware of a first impression is the impression made by your instinctive brain and sometimes your instinctive brain will be correct but sometimes it won't be so to realize that um, okay, this is my first impression. It might be right, it might not be right. So keep like, you want to sort of look up from a meta level, like, okay, this is what I think. Okay, maybe I'm right, maybe I'm not right. Keep an open mind. Yeah. Um, and apparently I read somewhere, I can't remember where, in a book about body language, it takes about seven more meetings or something like that to change your mind about somebody. So. If you do want to make a good connection with with somebody then it is of course important that you come across as safe yeah mm -hmm. and there are certain things you can do for that mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Okay. That, that's interesting. So there is that first impression, which is made very fast if you yeah. are not aware of it. Yeah. Uh, you can slow it down if you are aware of it and, and that you know from, okay, this is more my instinct and I want yeah. to be safe and I'm judging here, but I'm, I, I choose to not do it this time. Yeah. Um, but once that first impression is made, then it, you can still change it, but then it takes yeah. up a long yeah. time, actually. It takes a long time. Yeah, because your neocortex in the beginning, your neocortex, your more thinking brain will in the beginning uh, mostly see all the behavior that confirms your first impression. It's, it, uh, yeah, it takes, um, to keep an open mind, you need to really uh, pay attention to it. Yeah? So to really realize, okay, this, I'm just trying to confirm my first impression, but maybe there is some other possible interpretation yeah, to keep really open perspective. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Which is not easy. <laughs> no, it's not. Especially and when it is driven by, by that instinct. Then... Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, this is, as I said before, this is our default setting. We will most of the time, as soon as we feel something is not safe, we will put that situation or that person in what we call we can call it the enemy category, not to be trusted. Yeah. yeah. For what reason or other. Yeah. This is our default setting. So to really go and see all the things that might be okay, put the situation of the person more in the friend category. Yeah. You have to be aware of this whole instinctive process that goes on in our head. You can't stop it. Huh? Whether you want it or not, it no, just happens. It just happens. Yeah. yeah. And as the the one who is making the approach, then of course it's a big challenge to be in such a state that you that you look friendly, that you can be put in that category of friends. Yeah. Um, but can you always influence that? For example, no. if you have a if you have a bad day or something, and you say, from, "Okay, a smile helps," but you don't feel like smiling, can can you no. force yeah. it? Or? Well, it's not about forcing it. I think it's important that. Um, you are aware of, of what you want to achieve at that moment mm -hmm. um that you decide yourself okay i have a bad day but i really want to have a good connection with this person and i'm going to do my utmost best to make the other person feel that i'm really happy to see him yeah mm -hmm. um you can you can do that so it's not about it's not about lying or or cheating it's just about um yeah, deciding it's really about motivation. It's it's about what you want to what you want to achieve. But even then, you don't always have it under control. Uh, in my trainings, there's a one photograph I use of uh, to, of a man to show this is how it can be if you have like a really friendly approach, and it's a photo of a man with sort of relaxed shoulder, relaxed arm, hand is approaching. He's got a nice, genuine smile on his face, and it's in his open. Um, non-threatening and most people very often most people in the group will say yeah nice guy would I would would be nice to meet him but there are always some people who say sales not to be trusted because it's he's too friendly for them yeah so yeah which is also interesting um, so even when you do everything to come across as friendly and as safe and as open as possible, what happens in the other person 
is beyond your control. Mm -hmm. You never know how the other person is going to perceive you. Mm -hmm. I had also recently a conversation. Um, I also do mediation. Um, and there was a situation where uh, one one of the uh, was, uh, two people, one of the persons was saying something and the other person felt that he was saying this in, in a very attacking way. Whereas for the first person, also not for me, it didn't sound very attacking. But for this the second person, it did. Yeah. yeah. So it's sometimes beyond your control how the other person will see you. Mm-hmm. And what are the things that you that you have in your control that you can do to make a good impression? Um, it's about showing. Yeah, for instance, when you give when there's certain signals that show that you're non-threatening, like a smile, a good genuine smile, a, a good handshake, and a good handshake is is good when the the both of the hands completely touch, and it's actually the the part between. The thumb and the index finger, that's those bits. If they touch, then it feels right. If you sort of give half a hand, you will notice. You will feel like, oh, yeah. Whereas if it's a good handshake and the hands touch completely, it feels good. It feels safe. Mm-hmm. And then also, I think also what's important is that you do have the intention that you're really happy to meet the other person. You might feel sad about something else. It's possible. But that doesn't mean that you can feel like I'm glad to meet this person mm-hmm. and that you have this insen- intention inside you. And then what I also find that helps is to have like a, a bit of an open feeling inside your chest, sort of the heart area. You feel like you're not sort of uh, sagging there or closing, but you feel like you're opening up a bit there. Mm-hmm. And then a thing that is, um, I think is, is essential, and this comes from Tai Chi, is that... Um, you use your uh, center of gravity in your body. If you, um, your center of gravity, you can move around in your body. If I lean backwards, my center of gravity is more to the back. I can lean to the right, to the left. I can go, it can go up. If I, if I sort of tense up, everything goes up. If you put your center of gravity in what they call the Dantian, which is, um, the area in your lower abdomen from where you move if you put it there then you actually you really stand or sit in your center Mm -hmm. and it means that you yourself are very um, secure and very safe in your own body and people will pick this up unconsciously they will feel ah this person feels safe it means that the environment is safe it means I can also relax. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I can also feel safe. Yeah, mm-hmm. and this is also something uh, I try to to do, and I try to teach other people to do. Mm-hmm. And I assume that there are things that you can do constantly, and that it's not only uh, to make that first impression, but that you can use it every time that you meet somebody, or every time that you have to to make a statement. Um, I think uh, it's not just also about communication. Eh? I started doing Tai Chi because I wanted to um, also to improve my health. And it's I, I, I think I stand and I sit practically all the time like that because I'm used to it. It feels uh, good. It, it means that, that inside your body you can relax and you can also um, 
create space and things can work better in your body. So it's also for health, it's important. And the more you practice, the more you will do it automatically. And um, it also means that at, at the moment where you're meeting other people, you don't have to think about it. You just, you do it automatically and people will pick up on it. If you have to start thinking about it, the moment you meet somebody, you have to think, oh, okay, I have to do this. I have to stand there. I have to smile. I have to open my chest, yeah. all these kind of things. You're not really there with the other person anymore. So it's about practicing this uh, regularly so that your body is doing this most of the time and then it will happen habitually because it becomes a habit mm -hmm. it will happen habitually when you are really uh, in contact with other people yeah. yeah and then again of course it becomes very authentic because it's just how you are and how you behave and... yeah 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 it's um i often hear the remark in the beginning it doesn't feel natural mm -hmm. but again what is natural um we all have habits and most of the time in terms of body posture we sit a lot so we tend to 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 sag we sit in a contracted way our body is collapsed um is this natural no it's a habit mm -hmm. uh, and we tense up our shoulders and we poke our head forward mm -hmm. it's a habit so when you start changing those habits it doesn't feel natural because you're not used to it yeah. But once you, you, you develop those habits, then um, you will, uh, it will become more natural, more authentic. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah. And the things you just described with, uh, with that handshake and that one point that needs to touch to have a good handshake <laughs> and the open chest and then uh, in which way are they influenced by region or culture? Or are it really universal laws? No, I think there is. There are differences. Uh, um, like, for instance, there's cultures where uh, you won't shake hands, uh, mm. for sure. So shaking hands, yeah, it's done in the West, but not necessarily everywhere else. Um, culture can, yeah, it's important to, to uh, when you go and work somewhere uh, differently, when you go and work abroad or when you work with with uh, people from other cultures is to really learn about different cultures because um, there are different habits. Um, uh, for instance, also just between people from Flanders and people's from, people from Wallonie, you will already have a difference in companies sometimes where people from the south part of Belgium, they tend to kiss more, colleagues, mm -hmm. they tend to kiss more uh, when they meet each other in the mornings. Uh, whereas people from Flanders tend to not to. It's not always like that, it's generalized. Yeah. But even in, in one country, there is already a difference being between the South and the North. So, um, yeah, it's, I think you have to, it, I think it pays if you work with people from different cultures to really observe and learn what does the other person f make, we feel safe. Yeah. Um, like people from sometimes I go and, and give trainings in the European Commission or Parliament and then uh, very often people from Scandinavia they need a lot more personal space than people from let's say the south of Europe yeah and they tend to touch more and people from Scandinavia often say oh it's too close for me um so uh, that's also it's a difference huh? okay this is how it is learn and, and accept it and, and try to 
to um, yeah, just to integrate it in how you how you communicate with other people. Yeah. Well, it's probably a hard question here, but because you say from it, it is like it is. Um, yeah, is it really like that, or could certain cultures learn something from other cultures? Yeah, like for Ouch. example, with that uh, with that personal space. Um, yeah, yeah. Can it be more more soft culture, or or can people open up more when they? Uh, react in a different way or when they allow people to come into their personal space more can it have benefits actually that, that's a bit the, the thing I'm searching for yeah I think yes and no um, because what kind for instance about personal space the personal space a person has depends on many different factors and some people they uh, they feel comfortable and they feel safe when they get a lot of physical contact but for other people um it it, it doesn't it's 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 the opposite yeah they feel uh, as soon as they get touched too much they feel they feel very unsafe um i don't think it's something you can force what i think is important is that um we become aware of it that we uh, also accept it from each other that we try to respect it and i think when people feel that their uh, space their body is respected they will feel more relaxed and then probably you can come closer but it's because they feel safe it's not because you're forcing something yeah. yeah but this is on a personal level i i don't really know sort of really on a on a on a really on a, on a broader scale intercultural i don't know i mean then you would go and say that one culture is right and the other culture is wrong and and then so who's to to say that something is right or something is wrong um yeah, it's a tricky area. I think it's it's not something. No, indeed, yeah. it, it all depends on which is the result that you want to get out. Of course, yeah. And also, probably always. there will will be methods or or uh, ways to express it that will get you faster into a certain into a certain way or into a certain result than others. Uh, yeah, but that doesn't mean that the other way is wrong. It no, exactly. Another way, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We all have different ways of dealing with certain situations, mm -hmm. and it's just different. It's not you are right when you behave in a certain way, and I'm wrong, or, or the other way around. It's just different. Yeah, yeah. And then, like you say, it's very important to to make sure that you generate a feeling of safety for the other yeah. person, whatever it takes. If the other person is feels safe, you. Um, you can get a lot more done, I think. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. If the other person feels that you're not judging mm -hmm. and you are really generally interested in, uh, I mean, sometimes I see things happening in people and I sort of wonder, okay, what's going on there? But if I start asking in a judging way, then I'm just going to get resistance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But if I start asking because I'm generally interested, 
then I will get get a genuine answer. They might not even be aware of what they're doing, but they will start looking at it and trying to think, okay, well, what's going on? Ah, oh, it's maybe this or maybe that. Yeah. yeah. And and then yeah, you get good interaction and you can get more done basically. Yeah, I think it's it's a very strong way of how you express it, that it's all about that generating that feeling of safety. Yeah. Um, because in many, many cases, yeah, body language is a bit reduced to techniques. Yeah. And this, this is really a complete different approach of it. And for me, it, it feels much stronger. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Um, you can use certain things on the outside, but you also have to be aware of what's happening on the inside mm -hmm. and what you want to do. And one of your questions was also about, is it manipulation? In the end, I think, um, I mean, as I said before, body language is a signal from us because we want something from the other person. So there's always an element of manipulation. Mm -hmm. But is it, I mean, it depends also again on how do, how do you define manipulation? Do you see that something negative or is it something we just do? We manipulation in the sense of we're influencing. Absolutely. We're doing that all the time. And we are also always influenced by the other person. Mm -hmm. If I see you do something, it has an influence on me and vice versa. Yeah. yeah. And the only difference here is that if you are aware of it, then you, you better understand what is happening yes. and what is in play. Uh, so you can, yeah, you can just have a better influence. Yeah. 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 Okay, good one. Well, until now, we've totally been sp spoken about the uh, the body itself, um, but you also work on the on the voice. So then, it's more about not the the nonverbal communication, but really on the yeah the thing you say. Um, yeah. How does that work? It, again, it's um, it's a combination. It's also about how you keep yourself. The, these workshops actually uh, I give uh, four times a year I give uh, workshops uh, but this is together with a voice teacher so the voice the really the voice part is is done is given by my colleague uh, Bea Köpens she works on the voice but we um, we work very well together because um, what we are trying to do both of us is to make people aware of what they're doing with their body and how it influences their presence and their voice. Um, so, so often when people come to our weekends, it's actually crazy. So many people say, um, when I was a kid, um, I was told not to sing because I was singing out of tune. And so people get scared of using their voice. They think they can't sing well. They think, they think that they're yeah, that their voice is not strong, not beautiful, and it very often starts somewhere in in childhood. This 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 idea that I, I'm not good enough. Huh? That's that's what it comes down to. And um, what we we try to do in these workshops again is to uh, go and and see what do we do with our body. Somewhere this information has set itself in how we keep our throat. Uh, here, our, our whole body, our neck, our spine, everything, and it influences our voice. Um, I think it's good to go and look at the, the patterns behind it. Be aware, for instance, if you heard as a child or you don't sing because uh, you're, you're singing out of tune, is to go and look at those patterns that are, are there. But 
you can also just go and look physically. Okay, when I do that, when I sort of straighten my neck, um, when I keep my chin a little bit inwards, my, when my throat is more relaxed, my voice will become different. And you will change by the way you keep your body. You will actually also influence that pattern. And your voice will become more relaxed, not because you've worked on this, this pattern, but just on a physical thing. Mm -hmm. And it's, yeah, it's just sometimes a matter of technique and, and using structures correctly. And um, then your voice can sound stronger, uh, uh, more relaxed, uh, uh, I don't know, with more uh, yeah, warmth or anything. Yeah. Yeah. So also again, it's body work, very yeah, much. Indeed, indeed. I can totally acknowledge that um, on a very low level, of course. But uh, before I created this podcast, I uh, went to a small workshop around uh, podcasting and how to do it. And one of the exercises there was uh, to record your voice while you were sitting or to record your voice while you were standing. Yeah, interesting. And, yeah, it's very funny, but it really sounds different. Mm. Mm hmm. Yes, of course it will do, because your body is, um, what do you call it in English? It, well, your body is your instrument. Yeah, it, the whole body is a clunk cast. I have no idea what you call it in English, actually. Uh, it's where, yeah, you've, you've, yeah, something like that. So your voice comes out of your body, which is your instrument. So the more open it is, the more relaxed it is. The more your voice will also be relaxed, the more open. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's simple. It's like just with any instrument. Yeah, if you have a guitar and you sort of, I don't know, somewhere or, or a saxophone and somewhere it's sort of completely, uh, don't know, dented, it will affect the sound of your saxophone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a very, very beautiful approach to it. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Use your body as an instrument. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's fun also working with uh, Bea. Um, I learn things, she learns things from me, and mm -hmm. together it works really well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And has it also to do with, uh, with the breathing? Also, of course. Uh, but you need to be aware. Um, again, when you speak and when you sing, you have to. Uh, you have to breathe in a certain way to use your voice in an optimal way, um, which is also something that we teach in our workshops. Um, but of course, it doesn't necessarily mean, sometimes people get confused. Like, if you want to relax, there's also many breathing exercises to help you to relax, and that's good. But that's not the kind of breathing you will use when you want to speak or sing. Because speaking and singing, you need to, to use the, like, for instance, your diaphragm, your throat, you need to use it in a certain way. When you're just relaxing, just doing breathing to relax, it's a different, uh, breathing has a different function. Yeah. But yeah, it's, there are certain things that you can certainly learn about how to use your body. It's a bit difficult to really go into this. Um, but it is also to do with um, your posture. If, for instance, you're going to poke your head forwards and your, your chin forwards, mm -hmm. you will, um, the, the, all the vertebrae in the neck, first of all, they won't really be aligned, uh, which will influence your throat, uh, where also, of course, your vocal cords are. Mm -hmm. 
but also it will pull up um, the rest of your body, your shoulders will be pulled up, your diaphragm will be pulled up, which means, of course, that your lungs don't get uh, as much space as they should have to function properly. Um, so all these things influence each other. It will also have an influence on your pelvic floor, which is also important. If you want to have a good, strong voice, your pelvic floor muscles also need to, to be in a good position. Mm -hmm. uh, so the whole body works as a whole. So if your body is straight, if you have a good posture, if your neck is straight, your chin a little bit in, and your shoulders are relaxed, they relax down, the diaphragm can relax, and you support yourself uh, well in your pelvic floor, then your voice will also be stronger. And your breathing will be also will be uh, more relaxed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can assume that uh, the listeners now, they get a bit overwhelmed about all yeah. the, the points that they need to take into account on, on uh, yeah. how to do it, how to, to have that good posture, uh, how to smile, how to shake your hands. So for those people who, yeah, who want to dive more into it, of course, I can refer them to you. Uh, yeah. and they can learn a lot with you, but what is your golden tip? Is to um, get to know yourself, first of all, and I don't mean just, I said, well, I, also what you think and what you feel, but also get to know the physical sensations in your body. Get to know what you feel where do you get sensations when you're upset, when you're angry, when you're sad, when you think about, oh, I've got to do all this kind of, and I'm really stressed out. Where do you feel it? Or when you're relaxed, where do you feel relaxed? All these kind of things. Um, because when you know that about yourself, um, you will be more relaxed about yourself. You will accept yourself more. And this is all because all this behavior is, is, is unconscious. Huh? Um, but if you know it more, you can accept it. And you can also then accept other people because you will realize they have all the same things as you do. Well, not the same, but similar. Yeah. Yeah. And this will help you to stay more relaxed also in the interaction with other people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And is it then about uh, building in some, some reflection moments? To just to for yourself to to make yourself aware of like hey how, how am I feeling right now? Yeah, can be, but then again, uh, don't because reflection. Then I'm worried that people will go, okay, I feel sad. Okay, I feel sad, but that's just a label. So it's about the physical sensations. People, we are very quick at saying I feel this, I feel that, and they give a word, but. Um, then when you go and ask further, so, okay, what do you feel exactly in the body? We don't have words for it. Mm -hmm. uh, it's about, okay, I feel, maybe I feel a movement in my hand or I feel like some movement going up or down or anything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's not about reflection because reflection is more, I think, a mental thing. It's about going in your body. It's about discovering your body. Yeah. And for, for people who have never done it before, um, I think it can be very hard to suddenly start to feel from, okay, now I'm angry, but how does it feel to be angry? Yeah, it uh, takes time. 
is it indeed just just time yeah it takes time but you first you have to want to do it yeah it you have to want to do it and decide every yeah every day even if it's just a few minutes go and sort of when for instance you're sitting in the car and you're you're uh, standing still in the, in the traffic jam you can do that or when you for instance when you're brushing your teeth or when you are uh, uh, waiting at a photocopier to get papers printed or anything. All these kind of moments where you sort of, you're not doing anything, you can start doing that. Or when you're doing automatic, uh, yeah, actions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. things that you do without having to think about it. Yeah. You can do that, yeah. Okay, and the more you do it, the more you will become aware of it? Yes, of course, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. A very nice, very nice topic. Um, and I'm, I'm absolutely sure that, that this is one of those topics where we can still make a lot of progress. Yeah. Uh, because it's something that is absolutely not being teached in, in normal classes. Yeah. Uh, no. Exactly. And even when we take uh, lessons or a training about leadership, uh, about having impact, yeah. it, it almost goes about theories, about yeah. tools you can use, yeah. uh, but all very in, in an external way, yeah. not yeah. really about yourself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's what I miss in a lot of things. Yeah. And I'd like, I hope I can make a bit of difference in that way to make people more aware of, of this because it's i mean it's all in our body it's it's all set in our body somewhere somehow it's all there the information mm -hmm. now if people want to discover it more um where can they find you or how can they reach you um there's my website uh, uh dot be so shall i spell it yeah go ahead yeah we can uh, put uh, the link also uh, yeah. in the description, of course, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah. it's S-O-F-I-E-A-N-N-B-R-A-C-K-E dot B-E, dot B-E. All the information is there. There's a, a part in English, there's a part in Dutch. Um, I go often do trainings in companies uh, in body language. I have... Uh, I don't really do any uh, private trainings or public trainings rather in body language at the moment. I teach um, weekly lessons in Tai Chi and Qigong in Antwerp and uh, some weekend courses, well, Sunday courses really on body and voice and some other activities. Um, but that's, yeah, that's what I do publicly. Everybody is welcome for those classes and workshops. And also, yeah, individual coaching is also possible. Yeah, yeah. especially around those topics on yeah. how that posture, how to, yeah. 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 yeah There's one thing I haven't really talked about is, is, uh, is also to do with the face, what you can see in the face, but maybe that's a, a, a possible topic for another podcast because there's <laughs> a lot of information there in the face. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, that's a whole, yeah. A whole other story. <laughs> yeah. A whole other story. Yeah. Okay, interesting. 
Well, I will also uh, invite you to the Ambitious Leader Community, which is a, a Facebook group, which is also open for everybody who wants to join. You just have to request a membership and then I will, uh, will ask you some questions and then everybody can join. Um, you will also be present there because I will invite you. Uh, you. So I, if people still want uh, to ask you questions around these topics or uh, perhaps even want to hear, hear more about that facial expressions and so on, yeah. um, I will also refer them to the, the Facebook group and then we can uh, have the, the rest of the discussion there. Okay. Great. Thanks. Well, thank you very much. I really thought it was a, a very nice conversation with a lot of insights, a bit of a different approach than what we normally hear about the topic. Um, so I enjoyed it and, and hopefully a lot of other people also enjoyed it. Okay. Thank you. I enjoyed yeah. it too. Okay. Thank you very much. Okay. That was it for the interview and that was it for the episode of today. Like already said, during the interview, we also have our Ambitious Leader Facebook group. It's a free group that you can join and that we can use to go deeper into the topic and treat your specific questions. Sophie-Anne is already available in the group, so she is waiting for all your questions around the things we discussed and probably a lot more. So if you feel inspired by it, then please join the Facebook group and there we can continue our discussion. If you're not sure how to find that group, then just go to the website www.thehappinessfactory.be forward slash ENG from English in capital letters and in the right upper corner you will find the contact navigation tab. If you click on that then you get all the contact information and all the links to the Facebook group. You will also find my email address, my contact information. So there are ways enough to get into contact with each other. And now let's apply what we have learned during the interview. Create that safe space and go inside your body. Enjoy it and see you again next week. Bye.
and outro of this podcast is made with the royalty-free music of bandsound.com.